I am Pam Barnhill, and I am so happy that you are here joining Misty Winkler and I today for this episode of the Homeschool Teachers Lounge. Oh, our homeschools went this particular week, and um, mine was actually pretty good. Um, I will say it was an uneventful week, which I think a lot of times is a really good thing when you just don't have a whole lot going on, you know? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, yay for uneventful weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes you have to actually be home to homeschool, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. So, yeah, we just we were getting back in the swing of things after being off or being sick and everything. And, uh, you know, morning time looking good and going great. And um, also doing uh, just, you know, our science. Uh, picking that back up again, the kids writing a little bit. I still feel woefully behind, and my kids were uh, bothering me today. They're like, why do we have to do school on uh, President's Day? And we ended up not doing as much as I had planned because uh, in their infinite wisdom, our church, well, our whole archdiocese schedules a teen uh, conference. It was just a fabulous teen conference that my teens got to go to. So two of my kids went to this conference. Well, the Archdiocese turns out it's really smart for scheduling it the weekend of President's Day because then all the kids are off school on Monday. Oh, sure. Exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. Absolutely <laughs> exhausted. I mean, they were so dragging this morning. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's not the best day to just be really gung-ho and make everybody put their nose to the grindstone. So I did. I, I really let them slack off uh, some today. Now, my daughter had some stuff she had to do, um, but she had to take a test for Civil Air Patrol, and she had to take a, a do a, a math tutoring session. But for the rest of them, I just kind of left them alone a little bit. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, last week for us was a break week. So since okay. since it was break week, we did do school today. We, <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. we have our own breaks. Yeah. President's Day is not included. <laughs> well, and that's what I usually tell mine, you know, and actually what I said to one of them today when he was kind of like, Mom, you know, do we have to do it? I'm like, We've just been off for being sick. I mean, we have a certain required number of days to get in. So we either mm -hmm. have to do school or we have to do school in the summer when you don't want to do school. So. Right. <laughs> Which is worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. much so. So, yep. So we did last week, though, on Friday, go to an open house for a co-op in the new town that we moved to, to... Just explore the new homeschooling options and see what's going to be best for next year. So that was kind of exciting and there's some decisions. It was a cool co-op, but then it's like you always have to decide. It's like the time, the someone else picking the books and the schedule. Like that's hard. That's hard. In all the years <laughs> I have known you, you have never done a co-op. Now you did elementary lessons and middle school lessons. Which we should tell everybody, that's what Misty does with another family, and Misty's in charge. Exactly, exactly. But I've never, like, signed up for someone else's plan before. Right, right, right. And it would be really hard at this age to have, your, to have somebody else be in charge of part of your curriculum. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing about this age, uh, you know, 
teenagers, though, it's just really important, I think, for them to have friends to talk to. You know, if you're do you're discussing or someone, yeah. sometimes someone else to be accountable to for, you know, a 12-year-old boy that... The big thing is this co-op will do the logic program that I did with my older boys, but they will, the teacher on Fridays checks the workbook and like knows the answer. Whereas like sometimes about half the time, maybe I checked the workbook for my older two boys (laughs) and I really didn't know what was going on halfway through the book. So I was like, "Mm." so there were a few things. It's like, that's what I would, that's a program that I would want to do, but there's a bit more like someone else sharing that load of checking the work and helping them understand and having other kids do it. And I think a little competition might help my 12 year old son. So we'll see, we have to think and talk about it some more and it's exploring the options for next year already. I think that's always the thing is there's never a perfect option. It's always a matter of weighing the pros and cons of, of each and every yes. Because for sure. you know, there was always so much we loved about our co-op. Mm-hmm. You know. But then there were there were always cons to it as well. It, as much as we loved our co-op and loved the people there, there were always things it was like, ah oh, man, you know, we can't like go off on rabbit trails and do what we want to do. We have to stick with what we're doing. So mm-hmm. so the kids will be prepared. Yep. 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 So today's topic, we're going to talk about preschool, which I think is sometimes it's preschool moms most interested in those co-ops. And one of the things that I like to encourage moms with preschoolers is to do a play group and not a (laughs) co-op. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yes. Do the play group. Don't do the co-op. For sure. (laughs) Yep, for sure. Well, it's funny because I have actually been writing, I spent all last week writing a preschool talk Mm -hmm. um, for the conventions this year. And so, um, you know, it it was like going into it, it was like, well, this is going to be easy. Right, (laughs) right. It's going to be so easy. Just tell them to play all the time. And then you have to fill up a whole hour. (laughs) You'll be able to play. (laughs) all the time um so I really had to sit down and think about like uh I learned so much as I was homeschooling my own kids through preschool play is so good for kids so think even if I have school still feel the need to fill my days with something you know Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. what are the kind of the things that I could fill my days with what are some of the things that I could do with my preschooler because it's not so much about figuring out exactly what they need for me anymore. It's about, you know, um, how can I eliminate the decision fatigue for me as the mom? Like, I know I want to do some fun things with my preschooler, but how could I eliminate the decision fatigue for me as the mom? And Mm -hmm. it was funny because I went through and I found a bunch of pictures from when the kids were little to use in my, um, to use in my presentation, to use in my talk. And I think there were maybe you know, I ended up pulling like 30 pictures, 30 really cute pictures of my kids when they were preschoolers doing all these fun preschool activities we did. And I think there were like three with Thomas in him. Yes. Thomas (laughs) is my youngest. The other two are really close. And then poor little Thomas never got preschool. (laughs) 
and is doing fine, right? <laughs> yes, and actually probably learned to read easier than the other two. Like it came faster. He's a whiz at math. Like in no way can you look at this kid and say his skills, you know, now you can look at this kid and say, well, he's spoiled rotten because he's the baby or something like that. But, you know, uh, and sorry, Thomas, I'm telling on you. But, uh, I mean, like, he does not suffer academically for yeah. not having done preschool. Um, mm-hmm. But I was looking back at all the things we did, and we did some great, fun, wonderful stuff. And I don't think I would go back and change that. I would worry about it less, mm-hmm. you know. Um I would stress about it less, for sure, but, um, and, and there are a few things I would do a little bit differently, but um, as far as, like, you know, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on me and on them mm-hmm. at that age. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, there, there are a lot of things I wouldn't change. That's fun. Yeah, I never, like, intentionally sat down and taught any of my kids colors or shapes and you know what they still learned them because it just it just comes up it's they learn those things the same way they learn every other word now i did have some little like busy box activities where it was like take all the green paper clips and put them on the green card take all the red paper clips and put them on the red card but we never like pulled out the flashcards and quizzed anybody <laughs> on what's red and what's green we just talked about it like when we saw it in the real world and in my research for my talk, that was what I discovered was that contextual learning, that learning in context. Mm. It's so, even with things like math. So you mm-hmm. have this conversation like, you know, how many people are we having at dinner? Oh, so how many forks do we need? Oh, you know what? I forgot grandma and grandma are coming, you know, so how many more forks do we need? So now Mm -hmm. how many forks do we have all together? You know, that kind of stuff as opposed to a worksheet is uh, way more beneficial to them because they can see the purpose of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is a little bit of a difference in what we need to do as moms for those oldest kids who are preschoolers versus the younger kids that are preschoolers. Because when with those youngest there is a lot more generally going on in the household yeah. with if you're homeschooling older kids. The the youngest is picking up a lot from osmosis and just being around and kind of being included. There are more people talking to them and and playing with them. And they're, so they're learning in a richer environment. You know, moms who've had a few preschoolers and they're all grown up now to, to tell Moms who are just starting out, like, oh, you don't need to do anything at all. You know, I did stuff with my oldest, but it was overkill. And, you know, you don't need to do overkill and you don't need to stress about it. But sometimes we do need to just be a bit more intentional with those oldest preschoolers to meet them where they're at because everyone else is younger than them. So just to do, make sure to be talking as you're doing everything and maybe and reading aloud the books and um, and maybe doing some of those activities to just make sure it's a rich environment for them to be in. Yeah, and that was another thing that came up in my research is that um, language, it's so much about speech. And so when we think mm-hmm. about 
Um, it's speech and vocabulary. Like vocabulary is one of the biggest indicators of how well a child is going to do further down the road with reading and all kinds of stuff. It's vocabulary. And you get to that by reading aloud to them and you get to that by talking to them. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, those younger preschoolers are hearing so many more conversations going on, even if they're not directly you know, directed at them, yeah. but you're far better off spending your time talking, storytelling and letting them tell you stories. And then, uh, you know, just, you, you know, just lots and lots of vocabulary words um, within context. Right. Not, not not flashcards. That's that early. uh, Those are the early indicators of like reading success further on down the road. And um, so, yeah, I think we do have to do that a little bit. Not right now. No, no, not right now. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) It's like it's garbage time on Monday afternoon. (laughs) It's like, really, don't come in and get the garbage now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so th- that's the bigger indicator. So you have to be purposeful with it with your oldest child because they're not hearing as many conversations and then probably less purposeful with your younger child because there are so many conversations going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much so. Another really important point that came up in my research um, was making sure that th- there's this gap for this age group between <laughs> what they want to be able to do and what they are capable of doing. And there's yes. all this frustration that develops in the middle <laughs> of this gap. And so what we have to do as parents is make sure that we're really aware of what their needs are and we're pushing them just a teeny bit past that, but we're not putting tasks before them that are well beyond their capabilities that's gonna lead to that frustration. So that was another thing that's too. That's a good that point. So, yeah, that was so interesting. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, to do all the research and to think about it. And um, it's going to be a fun talk because, you know, I get to show pictures of my kids. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, hey, listen, Misty, we have a couple of preschool resources out there for moms who are looking for something. Um, And I can't point them to you right now because I don't have the landing pages made. (laughs) (laughs) I will come back and I will put them on this video. We do have a kind of a preschool skills checklist. Like if you're like, okay, well, what kind of things should I be aware of and be thinking about as a mom as far as like, you know, um, that vocabulary I was talking about or reading stories or learning to count things or doing one-to-one correspondence in math or or different things like that. Uh, We have a checklist that you can download that has a few different activities in there that'll help you kind of like, oh, yeah, this is how we can check some of these things off the list. And there's even a set of finger puppets in there that my 16-year-old drew for Oh, us. fun. Um, yeah, for Mary Had a Little Lamb. So <laughs> I'll link to that down below um, on this video so you can find that. And actually, why don't we just go ahead and put it at uh, pambarnhill.com slash preschool. Um, so it'll be there. So as soon as I get it up, that's where it'll be and you can find it there and then you can also check in our shop for our brand new little explorers early education program that's coming out this week um and that's going to help with that decision fatigue so Mm -hmm. language rich play-based learning in context what do i do i want to make sure i do the right things this will give you some ideas so you can check that out as well 
that fit the context of home and not trying to yeah. turn your home into like a institutional preschool. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Okay. So we do have a really good question here. Uh, Bibby says, do you consider preschool up to six years? So what do you say about that, Misty? What do you do? Because I know what I do. Uh, I don't really, I don't know, think about grades that much. <laughs> so I guess just conventionally, I think preschool is until five-ish and five is kind kindergarten, but really kindergarten to me is a kind of preschool because it's not, if it's, it's preschool age. And I don't think that a five-year-old is ready for a school day. Yeah. So in a yeah. way it could be considered preschool. Preschool. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that up until age six at my house, school was entirely optional. Yes. Like you got to pick if you wanted to like do school that day or if you didn't want to do school you know mm -hmm. i would offer i would keep it fun things like that and then some people will say oh wait a second you know i'm in like missouri we've got to do 900 hours a you know a year for kindergarten and what i would say to that is everything you are doing learning and living with your child is <laughs> kindergarten right yeah. it's a lot dressed, more than 900 hours <laughs> teeth, reading stories it's all all of it kept playing outside you know yeah. it, that's either nature study or pe it all counts <laughs> and so so yeah um and i think that the um so for when we designed the little explorers we designed it as an early education program and we do say it goes up for to six-year-olds and okay. so what you do is when you get a child who is six or you get a child who's ready for more, they're asking you, hey, mom, can I learn to read? Hey, mom, I want to write, different things like that. Then you add on something like an all about reading or, um, uh, you know, for us, it was math, you see. Though, mm -hmm. did you do primer or did you skip straight to alpha? <laughs> with my oldest, we just started straight with alpha. But yeah. then with the subsequent kids coming up, they all wanted to do math. But I didn't want to spend my time teaching them math because it didn't like it was just they were too young. It would have been more teaching effort to get them through the lesson than like. So I did primer with them because, um, it, you know, it was just learning number just because they wanted a math page and it was the right level for giving yeah. them a math page. When they were even like three or four asking for math pages, I actually printed out your number pages. Oh, yeah. Those are so much fun. I'll link yeah. those as well. Those are the learn to write number poems. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. And, you know, we never finished. We never finished. A, well, like we would get halfway through like the Matthew C. Primer. And mm -hmm. but we started, I think we probably started later. Like none of my kids ever asked for it. Right. <laughs> so, so we were at like five or six before we started or something like that. And I would be like, you want to do math today? And they would say yes. And we just wouldn't get very far. And eventually I would just throw everybody into alpha and everybody was just much happier with that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very much so. And I don't think Thomas started um the all about reading preschool until he was five um you know so because mm -hmm. i had at that point i had a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old and you know so we just we just didn't start until later and like i said you i mean he reads <laughs> he read easier than everybody else so <laughs> it really a lot of those skills it really is just like 
potty training and learning to walk, the kids learn at different times. And, you know, look at a group of five-year-olds and there is no difference in their bathroom skills (laughs) if they were potty trained at one or two or three and it or walking you know you can't tell the difference in a group of five-year-olds on who has been walking one year longer than all the others it just doesn't make a difference by the time they really hit their stride in school when they got started if they started they'll they'll learn at their own pace and get started when they're ready yeah yeah and so yeah this is not a time to be worrying about uh you know, learning disabilities or things like that. Now, if you, you have a known delay that pops up, that's different. But for the most part, if your five-year-old's not reading, this is not the time to suspect problems. Um, mm-hmm. Just just for that very fact, you know, mm-hmm. there's something else going on maybe, but for that, yeah. no. Yeah, it doesn't even mean that you need to put in more time on phonics. Oh, please just, don't. Yeah. Please don't, five <laughs> minutes, like five to 10 minutes a day. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Keep those lessons short. Keep them wanting more. And that's the best thing you can do at that age group. So, all right. Well, I will include all of the links down in the description uh, for you. And um, so you'll have those. um, And we'll be back next week, right? Yeah, we will be back next week on my channel. And I think we're going to talk. It's our pick two topic, I think. If you have homeschooling and cleaning house and was it laundry? Are those the three? It's like doing. That's not my three. I don't do laundry. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's pick two, right? You have to like, you have to offload something or lower some standards on something. You can't do everything. You know, homeschooling really does take time and energy, and so and it makes a mess. So yes, we yes. have to make adjustments. That's what we're going to talk about next week. We'll see you next week on Misty's channel.